I had to check what happened to gospel music ministers before. What was the reason? Some left for overseas and that was when the music ended somewhere here. All of these things, I started to look and I felt like I had to make a difference and I had to grow intentionally. I had to grow on the right path because one of the things I've understood is speed in the wrong direction is a waste of time. It's not only growing, but growing also in the right direction. I see the walls before me, I feel the cages forming, seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head up the ground. I see the world before me, I know what change is coming, I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head up the ground. We break into everything. We break into everything. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I am your host, Joyce Donker. Today we have an amazing guest, Barrier Breaker of the month of September 2023. He's none other than Arnold K. Fafana, all the way in Sierra Leone, doing amazing, amazing work. I can't wait to dive into your story to know what he's been on, how he's been getting here, uh, getting where he is today. I am so grateful for you coming on. Please, Arnold, introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I'm Arnold K. Fafana. I'm a gospel music minister. I am a worship minister and I'm an engineer. I'm also a professional photographer and a retoucher. I'm also a graphic designer. And of course, I love the Lord. That's me. A guy with many, 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 many hats. (laughs) Thank you so much for honoring this invitation. I think I first came across you when you probably went to Gambia for a concert. And my sisters were all over the place, excited. (laughs) And then Saeed got to invite you to one of his midnight prayers. I was thinking about, okay, I know Anod is going to have to come on the podcast. I don't know when. So thankfully you are here today. Grateful to have you on. I guess one of the reasons why I thought to bring you on, like I said earlier, before the podcast started, my epitaph corner is about encouraging young people to step out on faith and defy the odds. And so one of the ways we do that is by sharing people's stories. And I saw how you have been ministering the gospel through music. And I know you've mentioned all the things you do now, which we're going to dive in. But I always start out by saying, did you always want to be a musician, a gospel artist? Well, it would seem as if that would be the case when I got to understand my place. Because, you know, when you start life, your parents will already set out a plan for you. As I said, I'm an engineer. What type of engineer? Sorry. Mechanical engineer. I graduated with um, honors from the University of Sierra Leone. The idea of my parents were probably either to be a doctor or probably an engineer. As usual for all our parents. (laughs) That was the plan at the start. But then getting to a point, I think it was um, class six, when I started to minister in church, I remember the first time someone was to sing a song in church. 
And we were young, we were in children's church and fell sick. I was the one who was called up to sing the song. I remember we went to the beach to practice and then I was told that, well, you have to sing the song. That was the beginning of everything so far. I sang the song in church and everyone was like, who is that? Who is that? And so that's how everything started. So it began to grow. It began to grow. And it got to that point where my family started to recognize that this is what probably he wants to do. Because of still pressure that, you know, you have to fend for your living, also pressured again to probably find work to do. But then that was when I already understood my calling. I want to do ministry. I want to do music. That was how everything started and it stays. That's really good. There's so many nuggets that I'm already picking up from this short conversation that we've had. And so where I want to start off first is the fact that I guess as a music director that saw that you had the gift to sing and thought you should sing. And so my question is, were you already prepared? Have you sang before alone or that was your first time? I still could not remember, but I knew we had something. I understood the word by then because when we were in children's church, I would be the one to answer questions of the Bible. But then in the place of singing, I never saw that coming unless when I was tried. Also that coming, probably she saw something that made her to believe that there is something yet. Because I never saw that coming. I still could not remember. I remember a lot of things, but that one particular thing, I still could not remember how come I was picked or probably where she saw singing before that time. But she saw something that was different and um, felt like I'll be able to replace that person. And since then, it has been nothing but great. You know, when you said that, it reminded me of a similar situation that I recognized about one of our youths at church. And so as a youth leader, I was a youth leader in my dad's church. And every last Sunday till today, they still do that. The youth take over the service. So from the beginning to the end, including preaching now, recently, that's what they've been doing. There'll be a young person that will preach. And so one of the days that we're practicing, I've heard this guy sing before. He has never gone out to sing or part of choir or anything. But because we are always working together, I was like, this guy can sing. On the day of one of the practice hours, I told him, dude, you're going to be the one leading the song. And he was so shocked by it. I was like, you can sing. You're just hiding your voice. And I don't want you to be hiding your voice. I think that's one thing that I've realized about myself. If I see someone that's good at something, I want to give you the chance because you could be anyone. And we don't want you to hide the voice that you already have. And that's one of the things that we talk about on Biobreakers Corner, the opportunities that come your way. Try not to miss them because you are shy or you are sad or you are down in that season of your life. There'll be opportunities that will come knocking. You need to try and grab it. I told him he was going to sing on the Sunday. <laughs> that was the first time he was going to sing. His dad was a pastor in our church as well. So he was singing and he was singing really low key. And his dad was sitting right in front. He was like, come on, boy, come on. <laughs> it was so hilarious. But today, actually last year, Maverick is going to have an event, Worship and Network in Gambia. He was one of the guest, well, guest worshipers that we had on there. And he's doing so well. I love that he can sing like way more. He has more confidence now. He can sing in different harmonies and all of that. And it's very good that when people see opportunities, especially in young people, do not let that opportunity pass by. If that music director had never called you out on that day, I don't think you would ever think that you can sing. Because sometimes we are looking for affirmation or we're looking for somebody to say something. I don't know whether you thought you could sing at that time, but maybe low self-esteem, low confidence wouldn't have made you want to go and take the mic to do anything. 
And so when someone sees that another person has this gift, don't let it just pass by. Pick it up and coach them if you have to, help them if you have to, give them opportunity. And I'm so glad that someone found that in you to bring out and look at where you are today. That's the thing. Most of the time, we just have to be in a space wherein we're very sensitive to the people around us, whether we're on the receiving end or the giving end, as in be sensitive to the people around you. Be sensitive to pick out what you feel or what you see. Observe very, very well and where you can be able to help someone. And on the receiving end also, you never can tell. At that point, I didn't know I can sing, but I just knew that if she believed in me at that point, right. I didn't know about A, B. <laughs> All I knew was that I had to sing something and I was told I have a very good voice. All of these things backed up. And since that point till now, it has been a very good journey. I think another thing that you had mentioned earlier was realizing that this life, you need to also work and make money because some people feel like, okay, this is my calling. This is my gift. This is what I want to push in. But as you grow older, you are not going to be staying with your parents forever. As a woman, as a man, whoever, you're not going to be staying with your parents forever. So there has to be this point where you're like, I need to grow. I need to make money. I need to pay bills. I can't be dependent on my parents all the time. I can't be borrowing money from people all the time. So I like the fact that you mentioned that when you got to a point, you had to say, hey, let me go find something to do. Because even the Bible talks about making sure that we work to eat, because if we don't work, we're not going to be able to eat. So you have to make sure that because I see where people relax and they're like, this is my calling. This is my calling. I appreciate that about you. And if that's what God is directing you to do, just go for it. But there's certain times in your life where you have to come and be like, this is my calling. But how do I bring food to the table? And if you are a man, you know, you're thinking of getting married, unless you are not thinking of getting married. But as a man, if one is thinking about getting married, you have to think about how do I bring food to the table? How do I help my family? You know, because you are the priest or the head of the home. So how do I support? So I think that was very key in doing. And where did you get that idea from? Is it something that you've seen from your family, your parents, your dad? If you could touch on that. The more we understand purpose, the more we understand how much we have in God, the more you realize. I knew my father was in business, but he was, I would say, not 100% successful. And uh, one of the things I learned at a very early stages, what all of the mistakes that my either my father or my mom made, I would not get to that point because I started seeing some of these things happening, be it womanizing at the start of my early teens. And so I wanted not to make those mistakes anymore. And so I started learning, I started researching. So in the midst of this curiosity, not to make these mistakes, so looking, seeking for answers and solutions. So I began to see that, okay, at the end of the day, you know, divinely you stumble upon things. And the more you stumble upon things, the more God reveals certain stuff to you that backs up, okay, well, this was what I stumbled upon, probably was divinely orchestrated by God. Mm-hmm. And then I begin to see um, scriptures being backing some of these things. And so I got to realize that it's not only the spiritual aspects of it, but then the physical cooperation of the spiritual makes things to manifest. I think it's Ezekiel 27, when God took Ezekiel to the Valley of Dry Bones. Mm-hmm. And he says, son of man, can these bones live again? God was all powerful enough to be able to make those dry bones live again. Mm-hmm. But that authority that he gave unto man in Genesis, he has never that authority from man. The authority and dominion that he said, that was the initial plan. He said, I'm putting you here on this earth, subdue the earth. And so from that point in taking dominion, he never relinquished us from our duties. And so everything he wanted to do on earth, 
He needed a human cooperation. Right. And so only focused on spiritual stuffs. So now what the spiritual stuffs does to us, it empower us for the physical. Don't pray for money to come because prayer does not bring the money. The works of your hands, because you have the authority and you know, and it empowers you so that when you go out, all of these different spirits behind these different physical forces, they are attracted to you. And so that is what most of these things does to us. But people majorly don't understand that. It empowers you. And now because he has blessed the works of your hand, whatever you lay your hands on prospers. Yeah. That you're able to maximize. He has blessed us with all the blessings in the heavenlies. So now we bring them on earth by prayer and make what we have in our hands turn into something that he'll be able to multiply. Yeah, spitting some good, good word right now. <laughs> because I was just looking for this quote where it says, you are so spiritually minded that you are earthly no good. And I think that's one thing that people need to work with because sometimes you get so spiritually minded that when you are you are here on earth, but we can't use you. You are just like you're nothing. And they say when God wants to bless man, he's a man. And if you are not using, you are spiritually minded, but you are earthly no good, what is your purpose on this earth? Like, what are you doing here? You need to be of some goodness. I'm glad that you brought that up. Another thing that you said, a group of ladies that we pray every Tuesday, and I had a topic that I was talking about. I can't remember what the topic was, but I was telling them how there are certain things that we have seen in our families that we need to break it. We can't keep repeating the same things over and over and over again. That cycle has to end. It ends with your parents. Like, let us stay there. You don't want to continue there in that path. And like you said, I've seen certain things that probably my parents have done business-wise, family-wise, and I'm like, "Mm -mm, that's not happening with me. And because it's blood, some of these things are ingrained in us because we are so used to it already. That's what we've seen all our lives. But when you realize how wrong that is, it's hard to break it. But you have to unlearn and learn again and then put in the work to make sure you do better. Because if not, it's going to be repeating all the time. I say this because my dad is very nice man. Very, very nice <laughs> and good man. And he would go all out for people and nothing bad about that. But I felt like there has to be boundaries at some point in life. And daddy, I love you if you get to listen to this podcast. But sometimes there has to be boundaries for people because people will take advantage and he has seen where they've taken advantage so many times and it's hurtful. It's painful. It has affected us some way, some form. However, I'm learning to take boundaries. At first, I used to be like that. You know, it's like you die for everybody, but when it's your turn, nobody is there for you. And it's not that you don't go and help people. She didn't stop you from helping people. But at some point, you need to put boundaries in your life and say, you know, no is no, yes is yes. You need to rest sometimes. You can't be all out there using all your strength. And then when you come back, you can't do anything for yourself. You can do so much for people. But when it comes to you, you cannot do anything for yourself. And so those are some of the things I'm learning. And my sisters, when we talk about it, we are like, (laughs) I've seen this in me. I need to correct it. And we talk about it a lot. And we are like, because it's just ingrained in us, then how do we go about unlearning. You just have to make up your mind that, no, this is not going to be a part of me and move on. Back to the music. What led you to branch out to become a recording artist, recording music, going forth, doing more? I've been very deliberate, especially about God. I've been very deliberate about our growth. I've been very deliberate about obedience. When we were younger, we were a lot, about four or five of us that had a very good voice and we can sing. And so there was this, a bit of unhealthy competition, I would say, because everyone wanted to display voice and everything. One day we were in church and a message came forth. 
The man of God said that the sky is so big that everyone is able to be part of it and just shine. And so that got into my head. That was the first time I got the consciousness that, okay, I want to take this thing serious. And I also want to really focus on what God has called me into. Because I would want to sing like someone. I would want to behave or make the voice in a certain way. So all of these things, I began to understand them. They began to break me that no unhealthy competition, hear the voice of the Lord. God has called you into a separate ministry. And then by virtue of growth, by virtue of intentional searching the scripture, one of the things that I did was, especially for Sarah Leon, I had to research a lot. Sarah Leon was majorly dominated by a lot of gospel music. When it got to a point, it was not so. I had to check what happened to gospel music ministers before. What was the reason? Some left for overseas and that was when the music ended somewhere here and not be able to do a lot. We lost a lot of hope based on certain reason one way or the other. Some went to wrong marriages. All of these things, I started to look and I felt like I had to make a difference and I had to grow intentionally. I had to grow on the right path because one of the things I've understood is speed in the wrong direction is a waste of time. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's not only growing, but growing also in the right direction. These were things that I had to be intentional about. You can't build a future if you don't know what happened in the past. Right. That's so true. And so I had to look at the past. If I wanted to be a good music minister, okay, I've gone into the point where I had to understand that this is what God has called me into. But then the next step is to be able to understand what happened in the past, what went wrong. How can we now see the future and birth revivals that will transcend from generation to generation? And so seeing all of these things, I had to make deliberate efforts with the right growth, with the right material, understanding the past, not having this unhealthy competition, being able to complement each other, build structures around us that we saw issues. Now, addressing the issues that we saw before, the outburst of what God wanted to do. These were some of the things that I had to look at for and I had to put in place to get to that point. This is really great. They are like digging deep into some things here. (laughs) Everything you said is so important, like the research that you had to do, the intentionality. Those are key things and one to be intentional in how you want to grow it. I'm even talking to myself right now, being intentional in every area of your life. If it's your spiritual life, how intentional are you with reading your word and praying, if it is your career, how intentional are you about researching what you want to study or go into reading for that exam? You can't just get up and go sit an exam. What are you doing around that work? Is it a relationship that you're cultivating? How intentional are you about growing that relationship to be a better relationship and not just going into a blind Then You mentioned something which is very key. Person will destroy your goals. I mean, will destroy your calling, can destroy your calling. If you hook up with the wrong person, because if that person has this idea of competition and competing with you, then they will not want you to win. They'll start stopping you from going for practices or things you want to do to help you grow. They'll start borrowing your finances to be healthy. But where if one of the stars is the one making more money and there's no strategy on how to manage the fund, there's going to be one person because they don't want you to grow. They'll be using that money for so many other things, which will stifle your ministry, which will stifle your calling, which will stifle the goals that you are set in place for yourself. So we need to be intentional about praying and whoever you're in a relationship with, you need to pray. I'm like, God, is this a yes or a no? Like, yay or nay? Because <laughs> at the end of the day, you don't want to be in a place where you have no peace of mind. 
and then you're not able to grow. You're just there popping kids or you're just there a house husband or you're just there not being fruitful. And the Bible talks about us being fruitful and multiplying. And it doesn't mean just giving birth, being fruitful and multiplying in every area of business, your career, your goals, your ministry, whatever thing you touch, the Bible says your hand shall prosper. Whatever so your hand shall touch, shall prosper. And if your hand, your hand is such a stuff and it's not prospering, check yourself or check the people that you're with. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into and I'm saying like these are really, really good things that one needs to check, one needs to look into. This is a very good conversation. These are things that you are bringing up that some people struggle with and they just go with the flow. I'm just going the flow. But we need to seek God. You need to find and be intentional. If you know that this is where God is calling you to God, I want to be in this space. And one of the things that the ladies that I pray with, we talk about comparison today. And the person that was leading was talking about what are the root causes of comparison. Sometimes we are all in this place. We are comparing ourselves to somebody else's hard work and then the harvest that they gain from that hard work. And you, you just started and you expect to have that harvest. Rain has not even poured on your seed and you are seeking the harvest. How do you seek and harvest when we have not poured water on it? It has not been any rain. There's a song by William Mantowa, which he says, rain only happens for those who have seed in the ground. If there's no seed in the ground, how do you harvest anything? If there's no rain for that seed to grow, how do you harvest? So it needs to be some sowing of seed. There needs to be some pouring. And sometimes there's some trees that will take like 10 years or three years before they even grow. Once they grow, they grow really fast. I think it's a bamboo tree or so. But there are some other plants or, or fruits that when you plant them today, tomorrow you can reap a bountiful harvest. Which one do you want to be or which season of your life are you in? Because we are faced with different seasons in our lives. And it could be the season that you're planting seeds and the seed is going fast or you're planting the seed, but it's going to take time. It's going to take a process and you have to be waiting and you have to learn to wait properly. So all of these things are key things that we need to learn. So one of my other questions is, what are some of the challenges you have faced as a music minister? I think the most popular and the most of all that we all face, I think, would be womanizing. I think that would be of thought. Wow. We are going that way. That's the direction we're taking today. Okay, no problem. Let's, let's get on it. <laughs> That's a challenge. Womanizing, fornication, you see. Uh, most of the things people would be, the moment we get to a point where we're being honest with our Christianity and with ourselves and the things we face, and we're not admitting to Satan, but then we're saying it because other people are facing some of these things and they're not being able to really admit to themselves. That's the first thing. And so I tell people, we've seen some of these things. It would not help you. Challenge yourself, womanizing. A lot of women come. People are attracted to the anointing. That's what it does. But then the self-control is what gets you far. That has been a problem because in the midst of that, you even lose your integrity. People just say being there, done that. And you would think you're enjoying, but then there is something they're taking from you. The consequences, yeah. A lot. And so womanizing is one. And I feel the second thing would be finance. Now, finance becomes a problem when you don't understand how much you contain in God. Because you begin to cast blames. I'm a music minister. I talk with people and everything. For the longest of time, musicians have been saying that the church, the pastor is not supportive. But for me, I would tell you, my church is not a place to support me. It's a place to groom me. Because churches can pay, that's fine. My church, if they want to appreciate me, that's fine. But I feel like that's a place groomed. I mean, but that's where you grew up. That's where you had the platform to be who you are today. So... (laughs) 
it was a place of grooming. And so it got to a point. I'm being groomed there. It helps me. The more the world comes, I'm being fulfilled and I'm able to take strides. And so I don't depend on church to fulfill my ministry. I don't depend on church to give me a platform to take me to different places. God will use the church as a platform, but I cannot say the church is a yardstick for a platform. Because if you look at some of the churches, if you find out how much they spend on just taking care of the churches, you will understand that there's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. And so we get distracted. And at the other end also, one of the challenges we face is people discouraging you because they just want to probably just dampen your spirits. And then on the flip side of that, as a challenge, I would say, people are forcing you into premature manifestation. Mm, I was going to say, yeah. When I was young, around 18, 19, most people, because I had a voice, I could sing. A lot of people, ah, you have a very good voice. You know, you need to release an album now. You need to really get a song out there and everything. (laughs) It was premature manifestation. And that was a challenge because... I have seen a lot of people that have yielded to premature manifestation, get a song out. There is not a well, no well. And she, just one song comes out. The song is not even popular. The ones that told you to actually do a concert, they are the ones that will not even come to the concert. They will not even attend, for real. <laughs> That's the thing. There was a challenge because if you didn't understand times and seasons, and one of the things I, I thank God for is that I had a mind on my own, the mind of Christ that compelled me. I was not in a hurry to do a song I was not in a hurry to do concerts and that helped me. Doing concerts, no matter how much you will be spending $2,000, $3,000 doing an entire concert, free concert or free worship meeting, I don't see it as a stress because I have worked with God to a point wherein some of these things, I don't even finance them and I don't even beg. If I had been in that place before, I would have lost value. I would have lost dignity in that place. And so in the place of premature manifestation, you're not able to grow well. You're not able to really sustain well, to hear God well. And so you'll be shadow boxing on revelations. You'll be shadow boxing on certain things. And you've not taken the process well. And so I feel these are some of the flip sides. So premature manifestation and then get to a point where people discourage you because there are certain things that you want to do. You know it's God. And then you get who certainly discourage you. But one of the things I found out is that once he has spoken twice about her, God is never going to speak. What if he told me, Arnold, I want you to do this. He's not mentally disoriented. Yeah. That he will speak in and he changes his mind. It's my ability to hear twice. And because he has spoken and I hear twice, I am confident and I'm sure I would have people who would come and find a way to distract me. But then I have to be on the right path. Right. And so just recapping, fornication, womanizing, that is a challenge that musicians face all the time. Money is a challenge on both sides. Getting the money is also a challenge, not utilizing the money well. Most of these things, we just look at one end. For me, God has helped me to really look at some of these things. By his grace, I feel he has been able to really get me out of some of them. Yeah, these are deep conversations that we're having. I feel like there has to be a part two. <laughs> because talking, starting from the fornication bit, it's so key. It's so true that you are involving yourself in things that you're not supposed to. You don't know what spirits these people are carrying and you're carrying it with you. And instead of you breaking barriers, breaking generational curses, you're taking on more curses on yourself, which is going to affect your generation for a very, very long time until the person comes and stands and say, send me, Lord, I will go. Like Isaiah was asked, you know, if Isaiah hadn't stood on there to say, send me, 
So God would have raised someone else to do the job. And that means Isaiah's generation, would, that would be it for them. But he stood up. So these are all the things that people are carrying. They don't know they are carrying these things. And it's causing a lot of problems in their lives. Areas that they need to progress in, they can't progress. And you don't understand why as a human being, you're like, I'm supposed to progress in this area. I'm doing so well. I pray, I pay my tithe. But the Bible says, is it Psalm 37 or 34, that if the foundations is faulty, what can the righteous do? So if the foundation that you started off with, if you have accepted Christ, but if that foundation is not on the right ground, if you don't have the right foundation, then there's going to be so much situation that's going to go on in your life. And you might be winning in one area, but in this other area, you might not be getting the breakthrough that you need. And so you have to pray and break that foundation and ask for a change to come. So don't put yourself in that situation where you are getting yourself involved in all of these things and then putting on more spirit. Because it's not even just about you, but your generation, your children are going to come and it's going to be suffering all the way for them until they realize what is going on and pray about it. And the other thing they talk about is the church. And when you talk about that, I'm talking about the church giving the finances or blessing the musicians or whoever they are. I think about it, this is an analogy that came to my mind. You were groomed by the church. When you go to school, you're groomed by your school. Of course, you're paying school fees and all of that. And they are expecting them to teach you well. When you go on competitions that the school has sent you on, or they've seen how great you are, and you go on, on this competition, when you guys win, how much does the school even give back to you? They're not even giving you that, but you are learning along the way. Now you've gained skills. Now you've gained things that you've learned along the way, built confidence. That's what you use out there when you go and get your career, when you go to university. So... When you're in the church, you are being groomed and made. You wouldn't have had that platform if you were somewhere else. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, when it comes to like maybe the pianist and the drummer, the instrumentalist, it's great. They are being blessed one way or the other because some of them, that's the only probably job that they have. And I've seen in several cases where they would go and, you know, join clubs where they'll go and play there and just to make more money. Probably that's the income they're having. It's not there yet. But also having the knowledge of Christ, if you do not have a great knowledge of who God is and who you are in Christ, then you start going different direction and start taking so many things and expecting things from the pastors that they cannot give you because I know how it is like I'm a pastor's daughter. I work in my church. I know how it is, the ins and the outs, the bills that we have to pay as like the, should I say, church accountant. I know the bills that we have to pay and all of those things. And sometimes the offering is not even enough to take care of. So now the pastor and the wife have to dig into their pockets to pay all these bills. But some people wouldn't see that. They don't see that. They only think that, okay, it's being collected, collected, collected. You're expecting them to pay. Where are they going to pay out of to make sure you are okay? So wherever you can serve, serve correctly. When the time comes, the blessings will come overflow. And you might even be the one to come and say, let me give back. How many people have gone out of their schools and said, Oh, my school groomed me, so let me go back and be a blessing to them. But then they expect you as a music minister to still up. And that's why we're saying it's two ways. Some churches might expect you as a music minister to go back and say, Oh, because we groomed you, you have to pay us. And it shouldn't be like that. That should come out of your heart. But then rightfully so, you should go back and be a blessing to wherever you are being groomed. So and these are all deep conversations and things that people need to look into. We talked about the finances as well. Is that what we just touched on? Being an issue. People will come and be like, I'll do this for you. I'll do that for you. And it's just word of mouth. <laughs> no manifestation. And I always say this, your word is your bond. If you've promised that you're going to do this, make sure you do it. Because if not, as time goes on, people are going to see you as someone who is not serious. Someone who makes empty promises. 
And I never want to be that kind of a person. So sometimes if I said something that I was going, that's why I've learned to keep boundaries because sometimes I'll say I'll do this and because I like to keep my word, I'll do it. And sometimes I'm being stretched. It's too much for me to do. I'm taking in more that I shouldn't. So now I learned, okay, if you cannot, you cannot. The other thing that you talked about was people wanted you to manifest before your time. And that's like the microwave, microwave success that people are looking for nowadays where they don't want to put in the grind. They don't want to put in the grit and the work for them to be able to be who God created them to be. Because imagine you are praying for a million dollars to come now. Or I use this analogy again. I always say this, that if a 10 year old prays for a car, God is not going to give you a car because it, God knows that if I give you a car right now, you're going to die. So at the right time, you get the car. So imagine God giving you a gift that you're not even prepared for. You haven't learned how to drive. You are not of age. You are going against the laws of the land. How can you fulfill this thing? Of course, it's going to kill you. Of course, you're going to die. Of course, you're going to get into debt that you're not supposed to get. You're going to be unserious. You're going to birth things that you're not supposed to. You're going to start involving yourself in things that you're not supposed to. So as hard as it may be, sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes you have to cry it out. Sometimes the struggle is real. But one of the things I've learned is that God teach me the lessons you want me to learn in this season. Like, what is it that you want me to know? What is it that you want me to learn? Is it in my finances? How do I manage finance? Am I able to pay my bills on time? Because when that million dollar touches the ground, if you're able to manage the little that God gave you, then when that abundance comes, you're able to manage. The Bible says so much is given, much is expected. And then if you're not able to handle the little, then that little will be taken away from you. So we have to learn to manage the little that God has given us. Another question that I have is now you are branched into so many other things that you're doing, the photography and all of that. What made you go into that, not just stick into just the music? Because some people are like, okay, it's too much. Let me just focus on one. Some people like to do one thing at a time. But here we are, we have someone that is like, okay, I need to pick up other things to do as well. So what's your take on that? As spiritual music is, as spiritual as music can be, music is also an art. And because music is an art, there are different aspects of art. Music is part of art. There are different things that make up a very good structure for a music industry or a music empire that you're able to really do a lot. In my early years coming up, especially in music, I've had so many disappointments when it comes to making my flyers, branding, getting pictures together, getting stuff together, getting songs together, getting videos together. I felt like it has to stop. It has to stop at some point. I remember one time when one of my videos was supposed to be out, I've done everything. And the guy promised that he was going to give me the video and he couldn't fulfill. And I remember a few times I'd have to run off to people and I'm like, this has to stop. And so I got to a point, I started thinking out of the box that God, you are not stereotyped. We've seen what has happened in the past with some of the people here and probably even the world. I've learned from all of these things and I got to a point where I need to be able to see how much we can be able to handle. My mom was in America one time and I told her, I sent money, buy me this camera. I want to start something. It was not even me generally. And so it didn't work out that way. So I bought the camera it didn't work out to the people that were doing it. So I went into it. I also, I started some with it. Before that, this mindset of dependency on people, I felt that it has to stop to a point. I started empowering myself. I also have a live recording student. So we had to get a lot of stuff yeah. for the live recording studio. And I started to look at ways and means how I'd be able to produce my own songs for myself. Because church is not always available for when I want to practice. I have a 
book time when I need to stop when I'm in church to practice with my guys. So I needed it for myself. I've made that available, how to get drums, keyboard and everything, get it to that space. I wanted to be able to get my own pictures. Most times when we go to events, if they take pictures there, we'll not be having our pictures. Probably if I want to do something with some other pictures. <laughs> it didn't matter, it just came to mind like, okay, how can I put <laughs> things into something else? And so that happened and I bought the camera and I gave one of the guys, I say, we're setting up this. When we go, we're going with our own photographer. We'll just take pictures. We edit it and we'll just share it out. That developed and I got more creative with it. We had the photography studio where I'm also a photographer. I have also been disappointed with a lot of flyers. Instead of me waiting for someone to meet me, Pleasant to be myself. I empowered myself, took time, took classes. I learned from them. And I started doing flyers for other people. I made the entire thing like a brand. I would shoot, I would give you a photo, give you a flyer, do photos and do um, videos. Instead of you coming, you pay me probably $500. The entire package would be $1,000. So these are the things that you maximize what God has placed in your hands. And I feel like we are always waiting for things to happen by chance. We can do it ourselves, yes. We're not taking everything so far, but we are also making sure that I have found out that in the kingdom, we have people who are less empowered because we don't want to stretch out ourselves. We don't have a lot of Christian graphic designers. When people come to record, when people come to do video, because of how much I consult and explain to them, it makes it more easier. Someone comes and I interpret an entire session, you recording to the person. And the person was, that was just what I was even thinking about. I already know. Discernment. I already know what you want. In fact, I'm a musician. It's an art. I already know the type of things you want. I imagine it because I am also in that field. We need to have more people that are branched means to different aspects, whether it's law, whether it's accounting. Kingdom people should advance. Trust me, at this point, the Christians don't take hold of the world. That is how much the world will be able to impose itself on us and we're not able to make much impact. Christians would say they will be subjected because a lot of businesses are not owned by Christians, they are owned by non-Christians. We don't have the economy of the world in our hands. We don't have all sort of the world in our hands. I think the problem is because they have never been taught to, most people have never been taught or do not know what to do. All they have known in their life is pray and fast and read the word and pray and fast and read the word and go to school. They have never seen or been taught to get it, learn a skill and become this because like we've known, I mean, which you have even mentioned earlier, all your parents wanted to do was become a doctor. <laughs> In African setting, it's like, you have to be a doctor, a lawyer. This, In fact, if you talk about you want to be a photographer, like, God forbid, like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it's like, Sophia Kwa. They have never been taught to learn a skill and will make money. And so all they know is, oh, they think that God will come and bless you, but God will use man to bless you. So how do you engage? How do you work it out? Where do you go? What do you do? You have to start. It's like you just pray and then you just want God to just come down and just give it to you just like that. You have to work for it. I was listening to this interview by T.D. Jakes. I think one of the his books, I think it was Crushing or So. And he talks about you want a cheer. God will not bring you a cheer. God will bring you the wood. You have to go and make the cheer. So what are you doing to get there? And that's where the problem is because there's so much being taught about pray and fast and read your book read the word, go to school and come back and pray and fast. You have not learned to groom yourself or learn a skill or something. And so that's where the problem is. And then until we come to that knowledge that 
we can also do this. There is no way we can be able to take over. And that's one of the reasons why right at this point, we just want to encourage young people. Hey, you can do it. And anyone that is around me, I'm just like, pick up this skill. You've got this. You can do this. And if I see it in you, I want to pull it out of you because I know that you got it. But another thing, like he said, you give somebody an assignment, <laughs> they lose the video. <laughs> so hey, that and I experienced that before and it's really annoying. And then they expect you to still pay them or you pay them and you don't get the worth of what you paid for or you don't even get the work at all. It's hard. Then you just have to do it for yourself. I got to this when I was, I just started doing, in fact, today I was just talking about it with my friend. I'm like, I need somebody to do this, somebody on my team to do that, do this, do that. It's so annoying that you can't even communicate when you cannot do it. It's like, I can do it. If you told me earlier, I'll do it. It hurts me so much because it's work that has to go out. If I was doing it myself, I know that I will have to do it at this time and that time because it's my business. But when it's not your business, it's like, I can do it at any time. Then you need the results and then there's no results. So you now have to now pick it up for yourself and do. And sometimes you don't have the capacity. Like right now, I don't even have the capacity to like even edit a video for myself. <laughs> I was telling my friend yesterday, I edited videos so much in this summer. I'm tired of editing any video. <laughs> I used Kafka to edit videos on my page for Barabrica's Corner. And then I had a book that I just released and I was just doing videos and all of those things. And I'm like, I am so done. I can't. I don't even have that capacity. I need somebody to do it. But when we have to wait on somebody to disappoint you, you want to just move on to the next. And I guess even with what you're doing now, you can start having mentoring classes that they pay for. Because that's another thing. Church folks want to be doing everything for free. We can't be doing stuff for free all the time. <laughs> we have to pay for it. When you do it for free, then people don't take it as important. But if you know that this one you want to do and you pay for it, you will get it. <laughs> so maybe something you should start doing now. And then probably educating them on how timing is important, how being creative is important and all of that, those things. It will really help because there are people that, like you said, there are people out there, they don't even know what to do. But if you push them and encourage them, they can grab that as a skill. And then now we start infiltrating the market and we start having an impact in our community. And that's how we are even winning souls and reaching out to other people as well. So I think these are things that are key for people to like grab and learn. There are opportunities everywhere. Just grab and go. That's so key. So one of the questions I asked on Barry Baker's Corner, we're about to wrap up is, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you were younger? Probably I would say discipline. For me, discipline is very. I wish I had it because it would have helped a lot. It would have even helped with the girls. It would have helped with finance. But I thank God I probably caught on quicker because it got to a point I was able to discipline every single aspect of my life to see the results that I'm seeing now. Getting two studios, getting a very stable, consistent flow of income, being able to do more. Discipline would have helped me before, but I caught on earlier because before, oh, I love to travel a lot, waste a lot of money. That was in discipline, of course, with people around. And so I felt like discipline would have helped at that time also around with people, with the work and everything. Um, for me, it's a very key factor. And these are foundational principles that I always tell people. I remember when I was building my worship center. I remember I was in college by then. I would have to take my lunch because we had it, some of the guys around. So I had to take my lunch and I'll give it to the guys that are working. And then I'll go to college. I'll not eat. And then I'll come back and eat because I wanted the work to be done. And so every morning I had during that time when I went to minister, I eat it. I stopped traveling. I stopped buying a lot of clothes. I stopped buying a lot of stuff. And I had to question myself. I stopped doing a lot of stuff. I stopped eating in restaurants. I hardly eat in restaurants. I always tell people, my mom cooks at home. I will eat at home. 
at that point, I had a goal. Even till now, there are certain things. I apportion my finances. If I have 1 million loans, I know 500 definitely is going into my account. 100 is going into this part. So sometimes I'll only have 100,000 in my hands. Mm-hmm. Because every finance is broken down into partitions. And so it subjects me to play. And so this discipline has helped me. I wish I had known it before. It would have really gotten me way ahead. But I feel I had to learn some of these things before. If I had not been a part of it, I would not be able to tell. You will never know God is a healer if you have not been sick before. Right. That's it for me. That's so true what you're saying. The discipline aspect is really important. And once you're able to grasp that, I guess in any aspect of your life, once you start, like we said earlier, some of the things our parents have done, we don't want to repeat them. But as, as you go along the way, you also make certain mistakes and you learn from them. Now, when you have kids, you want to make sure that they're instilling in them these things so that they're not repeating the same mistakes. You want them to win. It's not at 35, they are now winning. You know, it's not at 35 or at 40, they are now getting their first car, you know, but <laughs> you have learned so much. You are investing, you are doing so much so that when you're a kid, wouldn't have to suffer again. You don't want to be where you were. You don't want them to be where you were at a certain age, you know. So because of that, you have to put in the work now. And that's the vision that one needs to have, the goals that you need to put in place. When you mentioned that, you know, you had a vision of where you wanted to go and you had to push through for that. You have to deny yourself of stuff. If you want to get somewhere, you need to deny yourself of some certain things. And that's entrepreneurship. I was just saying to myself a few weeks, I'm like, this entrepreneurship life is not easy because you have to pour in so much. At least the first five years is not going to be easy. It might even be 10 years for some people. You have to pour everything inside before you start making your profit, before you start making money. I don't even expect profit in the first year. It's anything. It depends on what kind of business you are in. But there's a lot of pouring. There's a lot of investment that goes in. And in my journey, sometimes it's like, I saw someone post on social media the other day that, they are not mentally drained, you know, because of just being in this entrepreneurship thing and all of that. Sometimes you need to take breaks and just energize yourself again, go rest and then come back stronger to continue this vision that you have because you want to leave a legacy. And so what advice have you gotten for people out there who feel like this life is hard? I cannot do it. This investment thing. I don't know how to eat my mom's food. Me, I want to go to the restaurant. <laughs> I want to eat new food. I want to eat the food that I see on social media that they are posting every what advice have you got for them to encourage them to break barriers? The first thing is know your identity, especially in Christ, what God has made available to you. And one of the things I have learned is whatever I do shall prosper. So that was thinking to myself, this life, you cannot live an ordinary life. Yeah. You have to live a supernatural life because I have seen how God have really worked just this few times. We're working towards the Ecclesia in October. That's one of the worship meetings, our large worship meetings. And the budget is so big. And I just see how God is just getting people to say, hey, man of God, I'm sending this money. And I am just seeing how God is doing it. I'm like, this amount that I actually felt that it was really big. God is telling me that he's the one handling it. It didn't start today. I had this mindset about God that I'm never stressed for anything. He gave me this since I was born. He knew me. He found me. And so he told me that whatever I lay my hands on will prosper. I am very unconventional when it comes to even my photography. That is for me, by the way. But no one can learn from it. I don't sort after a lot of clients. Because I place value in our relationship and what he gives, gives me ideas. He gives me creative ideas. He cuts a course because I do for one and then I have three more. I do for three more, I have six more. And so one of the things is whatever I lay my hands on, whether it be photography, 
I don't do things because I feel like it's popular. I do things because God told me to do it. And because I have that in me, so even if I lay hands on a plastic business right now, or I just lay hands on selling pins. It will prosper. Yeah. So sometimes we're going in for ideas that God has not sent us into. And that is where we have problem. Second thing, build, there are what we call spiritual laws. Spiritual laws are not majorly um, your godly laws, as you would say. <laughs> These are governed by spirits. They respond to anyone who abides to them. And so it's for Christians, it's for non-Christians. And you need to be able to know to be disciplined with every single thing that evolves around you. You also need to be able to know how to communicate well. Build a strong foundation of being a go-getter, building a very good relationship, building a very good character. These are spiritual laws. They respond to anything. Don't just uh, sleep in all the time. Yes, Sheila, <laughs> I'm going to be 30, 32. I must not sleep. You get to a point, you beat your body daily, but you have to discipline yourself. You would want to decide that, but you have a goal. The goal is more greater. At the end of the day, what you what you don't work for now, you would work for later. Right. Why not subject yourself now to a point where you beat your body daily, you get to a point where you breathe, calm down, but make sure you are able to attain certain goals. Apply principles, apply laws that governs the universe and you never have the backing of God already. So the moment you have idea of the God factor in you and you apply the laws that God has set, trust me, it responds, giving response to anything. That is why Elon Musk, if you check them, they don't sleep a lot. They think a lot. They research a lot. Time is important to them. They care about your customers. You want a very good entrepreneur. You don't care about your customer. You don't care about how people feel. You just do things anyhow. You will not leave. These are the things that I feel people should just try and imbibe. <laughs> Discipline. The more you become disciplined, it helps you. Even in your spiritual work with God. It has helped me spiritually. And also, know what God has given unto you. In the area of music, I would never see someone in everyday gifting and everyday anointing because I know what God has deposited in the inside of me. I know when I stand to worship, I am only hearing what God is saying and I fulfill it. I don't need to be celebrated, but the best result for every music minister is obedience. Best result is not manifestation, it's obedience. Because for some of you, you will never be popular, but obey the voice of God. All of us want to be popular, but then ask God, God, what do you want for me? Because obedience is much more. And so ask what God wants to do. And then you would see that the moment you die to self, he magnifies. This is some deep, deep nuggets that we've dug into today. Great conversation. And it's funny how you talked about sleeping. I was saying to my, I was having a pep talk to myself. I do that often. And I was saying to myself, girl, because like I work at nine to five, I work remotely. So nine to five, yeah, home. But I do other stuff. I have Barabricus Corner. I have a second job that I do just because I moved to another part of New York City. It's in a, like more of a suburb area. So rent is different from what I used to know before. So I'm like, I need to pick up another job before I even apply. I mean, I applied for jobs and I wasn't getting what I wanted. And I was like, okay, I need to pick up something else. I'm not going to sit and wait because bills have got to be paid. Barrier Brickers Corner has to move on as well. So I have all of that going on. And I said to myself, 
as tired as I may be, I need to set myself a schedule. This was just yesterday. And I was like, I need to set up a schedule. I need to wake up earlier than that so that if it's eight hour shift that I need to do for my morning job, then let's do an eight hour. We can do six to two or seven to three and I'm done for the day, close out, lock my computer. And then I'll have more time for doing other stuff like if it's to tidy my apartment or to do work for Barrier Breakers Corner or if I was scheduled to work, then I have time to do that. But if I don't set myself up for all of these things, then I'm losing a lot. You're losing time. You're wasting time. You're not able to do certain things. And then you start seeing delays everywhere. Another thing that I wanted to bring up as well, I was saying this thing the whole of last year, every podcast that I had, I was saying that there's a shift that is coming. There's a shift that is taking place that if you don't put in the work today for tomorrow, because there's a shift taking place and we are supposed to take over in certain spaces and fields and places. But if we don't put in the work today, we will not be able to achieve that goal or meet that target where there's a space and you are able to fill. But then if you put in the work today, when that gap is empty, guess who is going to fill it? God is going to appoint you to that place. But we need to prepare now. If you are not prepared now, when are you going to be prepared? By the time I was saying this at the worship network and I was like, so you wait and you don't do anything. And then there's a position that in the future that is going to be empty and you could have been the one. But because you don't have the skills, you were never prepared. You are not able to take out that space. And then you miss that. It goes to somebody who is an unbeliever, who is not in the faith. And then they set laws and regulations that are not in favor of who God has called us to be. And then now you are angry and you're upset. <laughs> like you shouldn't be angry. You could have been in that place and set up the right things to do. So it's about putting in the work now. It's not easy, but time has been flying. Look at the year. We're in August already. As soon as we enter September, the year has ended for me. That's what I always say to myself. So if you don't put in the work today, you can't be able to reap the fruits of tomorrow. And the Bible talks about if a branch doesn't bear fruit, it cuts it away. And if you do not want to be cut away, put in the work and bear the fruit that God wants it to bear. Thank you so much, Arnold, for coming on. I super appreciate this. This was a really great conversation. I love the conversation. It was really deep. I don't know. Maybe when I've had one of my seasonal podcasts, you'll have to come back on and we have some random conversation because these were deep, deep things that people need to learn, people need to know, and that will help them in a great way. They'll be able to propel in life. So I really appreciate you coming on and having this conversation that will really help us all. God bless you. I don't know if you have any final words that you want to say. Empower yourself. Keep loving God. Hear God. Big in deep. Know God for yourself. I think that's the final word I was saying. Know God for yourself because we're getting to a point where there's a lot of things happening around. So know God for yourself, hear God, and he will direct you. The Holy Spirit is the best thing you would ever have. I've seen God move in a mighty, supernatural way. I talk to God on a personal level. I have um, built this confidence with God. I speak to him, Lord, I think I need two million. I think I need three million. So you need to find a way to get it to me because I need to do this, this, and this. I tell him, and then one of the greatest things I do, when I see him do it, immediately I thank him. I'm like, Lord, I saw what you did for this, this, and this. I am grateful. Every time I am grateful, he multiplies and does more. So know God for yourself. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and you see God move in a mighty way. Thank you so much once again. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the BB Connor Podcast at 
gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the Gambia, West Africa. Cause